No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Whether you want to call it a must-win or a can't-lose, Ezra, either way, the Jets took care of business, did what they needed to do, and came out with a critical, critical two points in their pursuit of a playoff spot. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all of those joining us live somewhere on the interweb, good evening to you and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. You'll probably suck right there because my stupid mic wasn't working, which is unfortunate. There we go. That was like my best intro of all time. I just sent you a little message in our little private I, chat there, Dave, because I didn't think your mic was plugged in there. I wasn't going to say anything. It was plugged like, in, but it, it was plugged in. But, you know, I was, oh, God. You know what? Let's start all over again because that was like my best intro of all time, totally off the top, and I screwed it up by not having the uh, mic properly. And I could see by uh, the concern on Ezra's face that there was a problem. Well, hey, as the, I might have been short-circuited, but the Winnipeg Jets Hockey Club they certainly weren't. They came to play tonight uh, against a national team that's been uh, spunky and uh, has kept themselves in this, even though, as you went through throughout the course of this morning, this is a team that had all rights to just say, hey, we're done. We're just going to see this. Uh, we'll see what happens next year. But that's not what they did. The, the national predators stayed in the fight and uh, they picked, they didn't pick up any points. The Jets, of course, were the ones who did. But a heck of a hockey game, Ezzy. And what were your initial thoughts on it well first off that second period was one of the more dominant periods that we've seen from the jets this year and i agree with you 100 dave you know this predators team even though they were sellers before the trade deadline and they don't have players like ryan johansson or roman yossi or or philip forsberg in the lineup right now i mean this is a scrappy group john hines deserves a lot of credit for keeping this this team in a playoff race quite frankly right like we didn't think, uh, you know, as recently as a month ago that the Jets would be, you know, having to fight off the Predators. But, you know, this this win for the Jets, you know, not only was it huge for them, but it really does make it difficult for the Predators uh, to get into the playoffs. And we know that the Flames are playing the Canucks. I believe it uh, starts in about uh, nine or ten minutes, unless it's a 9.30 start. But, you know, no, if, nine, o'clock. If the, nine o'clock. So if the Canucks can beat the Flames... Uh, then it's just going to be that much easier for the Jets because as we talked about on this morning show, Dave, you know, if if the Jets could get the win tonight, which they did, um, and the Flames lost, then the Jets really only need to win one more game and they're going to clinch their playoff spot. So really impressive. Uh, we'll get into the goals, but just looking at it from a macro level, I mean, the Jets were fast tonight. They were aggressive on the forecheck. Uh, they played with more of an urgency and you actually saw wave after wave of, of offense, especially in the second period. So obviously, you know, a huge goal for Mark Shifley to open it up. Um, and then they got the insurance marker, right? So, I mean, it could have easily been, you know, four or five, nothing in this game. Uh, UC Soros is the only reason that game didn't get out of hand. And the post. Uh, and the post. Absolutely. And, you know, for all the criticism, you know, that Neil Pionk has got, uh, what a pass by Ehlers. And again, we'll get more Ooh. into the Ooh. into the goal, but beautiful pass by Ehlers. You love to see you know, Neil Pionk, kind of a, an unsung hero, right? It's not necessarily the guy that you thought was going to get the big goal. But uh, I think you love to see how into it the home fans were tonight, and and they left happy. And it's been a, 
it's been a, a slog. It's been a, a, a rough second half of the season here. Uh, but, you know, this win, even though it doesn't clinch a playoff spot, it goes a long way in helping the Jets clinch a playoff spot in the Western Conference. Absolutely. And you're absolutely, you know, Desi, you're bang on when it comes to the description of the crowd because they're into it. That's the way I would assess this crowd uh, from the get-go. The True North was really loud. When Mark Shifley scored, it sounded like the place was going to, the, the you know, the pressure release valve Drew's often talking about, that was there because let me tell you, the fans, they exhaled and they, you know, they felt that that the game wasn't out of reach, of course, by that point, only a one nothing game, despite the disallowed goal that Pierre-Luc Dubois thought he had scored. But the crowd was, I mean, look, the crowd gave the Jets a standing ovation for that three to four minute sequence where they just hemmed the Predators in their end. And that to me shows a level of sophistication. I'm not saying that other crowds wouldn't be capable of doing that, but you like to see that the Jets fans recognized effort. And that's what we always talk about. All Jets fans want to see is hardworking players not taking shifts off, not taking nights off. And that's what they saw. And look, the Jets have now won three of their last four games. They're on a bit of a roll. They're winning games when they needed to. You got the points against Detroit. You got the points against New Jersey. You obviously didn't get the win against Calgary, but now you come back and you absolutely, to me, I think I saw the stat. If the Nashville Predators had won in regulation, their chances were... It's they still weren't great. I think it was about a 65% chance of making the playoffs, as he if the Predators lost in regulation, they go down to six percent. So the Jets essentially, for all intents and purposes, put a dagger in the uh National Predators playoff hopes. And now, of course, they're praying for their former uh, parent club in the Vancouver Canucks, who've been playing some good hockey to do them a favor and knock off the Calgary Flames. Yeah, and and the thing, Dave, like that I probably was most impressed with in this game, in addition to the fact that the Jets absolutely possessed the puck, uh, you know, with ease at times over the Predators. But the fact that even though the Jets, you know, weren't able to convert on those early power plays and the game was tied early and they were getting chances, and I see a lot of people in the chat talking about, you know, the posts and the crossbars with Ehlers, right? They stuck to their game, right? Like they didn't get frustrated, um, you know, they didn't switch. They didn't deviate from their game plan. Like they badly outplayed the Predators. Let's be honest here. Um, and, and they should. I mean, with with the current lineup that the Jets have versus, you know, all of the injured players and all the traded players that the Predators have. I mean, just talent will usually outwin, especially, uh, you know, if the work ethic and the effort is there. Right. And, you know, Connor Hellebuck was solid, didn't have to make that many great saves. But the Jets controlled play at five on five. Obviously, not a lot of power plays in this game, especially compared to the last game against the Flames. But, you know, you absolutely love to see, you know, the Wheeler Ehlers Nemesnikov line. They were really good tonight. And, you know, Shifley, Connor and Dubois, like they were, uh, you know, uh, basically a threat to score all the time. And and Shifley, you know, he was engaged on the back check. And, and I thought Blake Wheeler, like he drew the penalty in the first period, but you know, he was you know, hustling, he was back checking. So, I mean, it was an overall team effort and, you know, a, a win when the Jets needed it most. Uh, and and you just love to see, you know, this team, like when Neil Pionk scored, like, you know, you love to see guys like, you know, Brendan Dillon and, and Nick Ehlers getting in there. I mean, these guys want to go in the into the playoffs and they realize that they've underachieved and it's been a tough, you know, second half of the season. So this was a team effort. And, you know, with the exception of, you know, maybe a couple of missed opportunities. I think you like most of this game. This was uh, as close to a 60-minute game, I think, as you're going to get, Dave. 
I'm muted. I muted myself. I'm way off. I'm way out of control here. But Mike says Nikolai Ehlers should have been the first star of the game. I can tell you Nikolai Ehlers was the first star because we picked them. So uh, Nikolai Ehlers, unless unless they changed it, which uh, of course is their right. But uh, we had Nikolai Ehlers as the first star of the game. So that's probably how it would have ended, would be my guess, um, because he was he was simply sensational and, and deceptive and just possessing the puck. And typical uh, Nikolai Ehlers, looking like he got shot at one point when uh, he got a stick up high. So uh, he he doesn't change, you know, the way he plays. But um, again, as he, you know, I don't want to, you know, we don't have that many goals to go over when it comes time to for the Betway Geek Betway game recap here. So we can have a longer preamble as we chat about that about that hockey game. But it was exactly, you know, you what you wanted to see from a Jets team that needed to show like. They weren't going to be lucky again about backing into the playoffs. You know, you can get into the playoffs, you can back in, but that was, and you know, you can say, and as you know, someone said to me, is, is someone in the media going to talk about that Predators roster? I'm like, okay, so this is the same roster that beat Boston, beat Vegas, and beat Carolina. So are we going to discount those wins and say that the Predators are like, I just don't understand you. Do you discount it because the Predators aren't any good, but when they're beating those teams, they are good. Like to me, that was a good Predators team. And you look, UC Soros. How many times have we seen the Jets win games that Connor Hellebuck stole from them? I thought your UC Soros was phenomenal. I saw the point in the chat earlier as the, the game could have been six nothing if it wasn't for him. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I think the Predators have been talked about a lot. I, I mean, I'm not sure you know who you were talking to or what they were. No, and it was just some it was some guy on Twitter messaged me, and I was like, I was like, okay, bud, chill. Well, I don't think anybody expected them to have this late season push, right? Like right. when when you trade Matthias Ekholm and Tanner Janot and and Nino Niederreiter and Mikel Granlund and I'm probably missing someone there, Dave, but yeah, they, they made list. four or five trades, right? And they were clearly sellers. So, and at that point, they were how many points out of a playoff spot? I think the Ryan Johansson injury, Dave, was probably you know the the fuel, or sorry, I guess you know what would probably oh. I guess we got Drew coming on here. Who the hell's that? Well, well, well. No, seriously. Who who's in the bottom corner? Who's that guy in the bottom? Oh, the handsome man. Yeah. What happened to him? Did Drew. Uh, Drew. With all due respect, I'm hosting, and we'll be discussing that during the inanity portion of the Illegal Curve post game show. Right now, we're discussing the hockey game. Thank you. Carry on. I apologize. I'm going to sit here quietly. I got a haircut, Drew. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to I interrupt. Know, I will say though, Ezzy, that someone did say to me in the press in the press box hashtag no big deal that Ezra was looking extra handsome after the after the uh, after the haircut. Thank you. The good folks at Magic Cuts did a great job. There you go. That's a, a step up from your usual Floby uh, hair uh, hairstyling. So in that sense, that's good that you were able to get that done. Uh, I good evening, gentlemen. I thank you for. How was the game, down. Drew? Hey, I had a great time. I, now, I was going to have a great time, win or lose, because I was there with my father. So we had some quality bonding time, our first game together this year. But, uh, you know, from a fan's perspective, and again, it's, uh, I think, maybe my second or third game where I've actually uh, been in the crowd. This was a fun game. This was a, the, the atmosphere yeah. was good, as I'm sure you guys have touched on. The performance by the Jets matched the desperation that, that the moment called for. And, and, and that's what you want to see. And you want to see them, you know, impose their will. And I know I, I, it's a phrasing that I use frequently on a Nashville Predators team. And they did it. And that second yeah. period was, I mean, it was actually kind of comical. 
uh, you know, how it was. Well, like, the Predators I, I, barely touched the puck. Well, it was like, in, I believe like, it was ninety-five percent. Yeah, and and what were the like the shot attempts? I think after the like second it was like eighty to twenty-nine or something. Yeah, like it was something. Yeah. Like, it was insane. Just, just like absurd, yeah. right? So oh. you're right, Drew. I mean, the Jets should impose their will on yes. a team that is missing all of their star power or has traded all of their star power, right? And mm-hmm. that was, uh, you know, one of their best efforts of the season, really. That's exactly what it was. It was it was one of their best efforts of the season. Um, you know, obviously people I think who are around me were, were, you know, enjoying the game, but uh, they were also saying at the same time, where has this been for the last couple of months, which is also a legitimate comment and completely appropriate, uh, given the team's struggles as of late, but they went out there and they absolutely did what they needed to do against the Nashville Predators team. And now you have to follow it up on Monday. You can't have any step back. You can't have any slip up because it's not like the San Jose team is, is much different than the Nashville team it's the if this was the Milwaukee Admirals uh Monday is the uh is the Barracuda. Barracudas yeah so you have to have the same level now is it going to be as easy to have the same level of uh, of engagement probably not because it's a Monday against San Jose not a Saturday night against Nashville when the barn is hopping that's incumbent on the Jets to find a way to do it because you could also feel in the building the anxiousness in that first period. There was a there was anxiety, Dave. I know you were there. Uh, I don't know if you could feel it, but you know, in where I was, uh, you know, you could feel the the nervousness that you know everyone was sort of just saying they need to get that first goal. Everyone, you know, you, talked about. You're talking the first period, Drew. I'm talking about in the first period, the start of the game. I think the yeah. fans were, though, in your section, were a little bit nervous because they were like, oh, the Mindells are in our section. That's true. That's we true. didn't realize that they were going to be at the game. So they were, yeah, they were yeah. just like a little bit in awe. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's probably the case. You're right. I would agree with that, Ezzy. But, you know, look, I think it was a great night. It was a fun night. I had enjoyed myself. The team played damn well, yeah. like they should have. And they, so, you know, if we're nothing, if not honest on this program for saying, you know, when the team deserves praise for their performance, they get it. And when they deserve uh, slings and arrows for their performance, they get it. Tonight's a night where they get bouquets of flowers for their quality performance. Well, and Bailey my... gets a puck from Ehler. So the, the, the year of Bailey continues, right? Like we got our girl guide cookies and yeah. Bailey got her puck from, from Nick Ehlers, who I believe is Bailey's favorite player or one of her favorite players. So I think Adam Lowry's, I think Adam Lowry's her favorite, but I think right. Nikolai Ehlers is probably well, Lowry, Lowry and Ehlers are good buddies. Right. So that makes sense. Well, I'm sure well, that they were also listening to the show this morning and they saw that Bailey was coming to the game. So they had their eyes peeled for her yeah. uh, undoubtedly to make sure that yeah. they but, would re- reward her accordingly. But to that end, you know, I mean, even like a kid had a sign that said, Blake Wheeler, you're my favorite player. And then Blake Wheeler saw it, gave him a puck. And it really is, and Bailey, I'm sure, can attest to this, how exciting it is. You, the look of glee on these kids' faces when they receive a puck from a National Hockey League player is, uh, even if you have a, a dead heart like Drew, it, it warms it up just a little bit. Well, so, and, and I agree with you, Dave, and it's something unique to hockey, right? Like you don't see in basketball, they don't throw you basketballs before the game. At least I'm not aware of that. Maybe... Maybe I'm wrong, but it's a it's kind of a unique uh, hockey thing, right? Yeah, so for sure. So it's it, so you can see it a thousand times. I'm with you, Dave. But you know those types of things. It's all about the the youth, not the not all the cockers like us, right? So, um, but yeah, to Drew's point, I mean that was a fired up uh, Saturday night crowd. It was an angsty crowd, mm-hmm. uh, and the Jets delivered. Like you know, for all the criticism that we've thrown the Jets' way, all the disappointing losses, 
they stepped up, put their big boy pants on, worked hard, and got the win tonight. Well, and now it's about scoreboard watching because I was trying to crunch the numbers and do the math, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, to try and figure out, you know, where the Jets are standings wise and how it's all going to shake out. And of course, everyone's going to be keeping their eyes tonight on Vancouver, Calgary, and everyone in Winnipeg has now become the biggest Canucks fans possible because, (laughs) you know, a Winnipeg win, or pardon me, with the Jets win tonight, if Vancouver is somehow able to upset uh, upset uh, Calgary tonight, the Jets... They'll clinch with a win on Monday. They clinch with a win and a Nashville loss. So they... Uh, Calgary oh, right, yeah. Be- Na- and then all of a sudden, Nashville's 6% uh, is gone. But yeah. you're right. right. For, for Nashville to be essentially out, they do still have to... Right, but Nashville can, Nashville can be... Uh, you know, Calgary can be eliminated with a Jets victory, with a loss tonight and a Jets victory on... Uh, on uh, on Monday, and then if Calgary happens to do the Jets a favor at that point and beat and beat Nashville <laughs> afterwards, then Nashville could be eliminated. So it is definitely a scoreboard uh, watching season uh, for Jets fans and everybody else. Now I don't know where you guys are in the course of the post game show, given that I've sort of just barged my way in. Like We're about I, seventeen I, minutes in, Drew. Thank I, you. I, I, I did have a solid, solid intro that drew great. Actually, probably my best intro. Unfortunately, my mic was unplugged, so it, the quality of that audio I may have to re-record after. Listen to what I said, and then just you know set re, redo it for the podcast. Fair enough in that case, but I don't know if you guys touched on. I you know, look the Jets best players I thought were their best performers tonight, which is something you also wanted to see. I mean, Nikolai Ehlers, I don't know if you guys touched on his game and the quality of the game. We did a little bit. Yeah. Had, sure. But I thought he was, I thought he was fantastic. It's tonight. like he took a dip in the, the fountain of 2018 drew. Well, I mean, that's how good he was. I mean, he yeah. looked like you remember the player from that playoff run and, and obviously the jets have had a lot of success over the predators over the years, but yeah, I mean, everything that put it this way, Everything that Ehlers does well and excellent, he was doing tonight, right? And yeah. and sure, I mean, you you would like to see him. I saw our buddy Garrett Hole. He was tweeting about how Ehlers wasn't playing, uh, you know, maybe as much as you would like to see in the in the third period. But I think at that point, you know, you have other defensive minded forwards out there that could do the job. But yeah, he was incredible, and you know, he could have had a hat trick tonight. He was so good distributing the puck, shooting the puck, and we've always talked about that, right, Dave? We like to see a. Uh, a selfish Ehlers, selfish in a good way yeah. when he has an opportunity to shoot the puck. And you saw that, right? Sure, he can distribute the puck with the best of them. Uh, but you like to see that he had kind of that shot first mentality, I thought. Yeah, and, and you're right, Drew. And we did talk about it a little bit. But I mean, the, you know, the play where he, he I, I was fairly certain he dented the post with that slap shot. I mean, he yeah. just smoked it. So um, his play and, and you know, the I goal. slap shots were dead, Dave. They, well, if they are, that you know, don't tell Nikolai Ehlers that. But he was deceptive throughout the course of this, you know, throughout the course of this game. And I, and he was, as as he said, he was doing things, and they all were. Like I thought, Vladislav Nemestikov had a great game. I thought Blake Wheeler played well. Really, Mark Scheifele, you know, Kyle Connor, Pierre Luc Dubois, they looked good. And and the and even the fourth line, I don't know how much time they actually played. It felt like they were fairly limited, but. Again, that that stretch of uh, of uh, you know the three minutes. Morgan Barron eight twenty three. Stenland nine oh five. Of course, Stenland gets a little bit of special teams time as well. Yeah, yeah they were yeah. right around that eight nine uh, minute mark. Manalainen was low. He was only at six thirteen. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of that has to do. There weren't a lot of power plays, right? No, I yeah. think the Predators had what one power play in the course of tonight's game on the Dylan Demello boarding uh, penalty. That goon, Dylan Demello. Yeah, you're right, Drew. Nashville yeah. had one. Jets had three. Yeah. 
right? Again, which I think is to the Jets' advantage in this game. It was played primarily at five on five. And when the Jets did have the power play, I thought their power play uh, at times was, was, you know, dangerous. It didn't obviously score, but it was not a the tire yeah. fire that we've been used to seeing. They had good zone time and good opportunities, uh, especially in those first period power plays. Yeah, no, and that's a good point. And it's it's something that the, the chat was saying, and I completely agree. And you don't want it to get lost. Sometimes it's like, you know, when it doesn't result in a goal or an assist or something that is super significant it tends to get lost in the flow of the game but i did think that the power play looked pretty good and i thought that they were dangerous i thought they had really good opportunities they really minimized the unnecessary plays i mean there were still a few but but for the most part i really liked the way they they distributed the puck uh, to each other and and created for each other so uh yeah no the power play was good even if it was uh you know unsuccessful but um, you you liked you liked the way they did, and like I said, you pretty much liked that entire game. I mean, it was easy to the first period was a tentative kind of feeling each other out to see who yeah. was going to make a mistake, and then by the second period, the Jets were like, okay, we're going to take control of this game, and they did for the entirety of those twenty minutes. And we, and we have to talk. Sorry, Drew. I'm just going to say it was mentioned on the broadcast uh, quite a bit by Jamal Mayers, who I think is you know really making a good name for himself uh, as as a color commentator. By the way, um, I really enjoyed him. Um, I think he you know, nailed it when he was mentioning how active the defense was. And that's no surprise. If you've watched the Jets' defense this year, Rick Bonus has been preaching that since training camp. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just Josh Morrissey, who obviously, you know, factored into the Shifley goal by kind of being a decoy, but, you know, and Neil Pionk. But you saw Dylan DeMello had a really good scoring chance in the first period. So I just wanted to mention that. That was something that I, I, I think you really didn't see a lot against the Flames. Was that because there wasn't a lot of even strength flow like Dave was talking about? It's possible, but I thought that was really noticeable. Like everybody, you know, was was getting up into the play, mm-hmm. um, and that was making it really hard for the Predators. I mean, the Predators were like sometimes when you know you're getting badly outplayed, like Drew said, it's almost like ha- they can't even get the puck, they can't even do anything. Yeah. Um, but and they and they really couldn't. Like there weren't a lot of points of this game where you could point to and say that you know the Predators were having a lot of sustained offense. No, um, they didn't, and that was because of how well the Jets were playing. So give the Jets credit. They just weren't really letting the Predators set up and get anything going in their zone. No, the Predators were one and done by and large, which is too often what the Jets have been. I mean, look at that that shift, the Jet, not that shift, the the trio of shifts the Jets had in the second period just before the Shifley goal, the result, you know, the, the you know, the crowd rewarded them uh with a standing ovation. Uh, you know, which Dave, I saw you either tweeted about or Instagrammed about uh, on our illegal curve account. You know, it was you know, when do you ever see a team get hemmed in, not for one line change, but like mu- multiple line changes in that sequence? It was incredible to watch. Again, that's how it should be. That's mm-hmm. how it should have been. We talked about that this morning. At five on five, the Jets needed to control this game, and they did so. I mean, I've, I don't know that I've seen a possession number at 88.37% at five on five in a period this game. You know, that's what it was in the second period. It was 88.37%, which is so incredibly one-sided that, you know, it, it, you know, Nashville's it, it, expected goals were minus 10 in the second period. No, Drew, you're absolutely right. And like we, we touched on it a little bit throughout the course of the post game show already, but it was, 
it was remarkable. And like I said, that's why the crowd, and this is what we were talking about before you got on, but the crowd gave them a standing O because you don't see that. You know, you right. see, you but see no one, wave though, Dave. You didn't get your no wave. wave. No, no wave. But but we did see that standing O after the play because it's one thing to see one line make a successful change and get that through a rotation. But then to get another full line out there that's and right. have them control the play for an additional 30 to 45 seconds, that's something you don't see. And I think that's why the crowd was so amped up and they were so excited for, because they knew what it meant, right? The Jets yeah. weren't sitting back. And that's what I liked right after Mark Shively scored. And I, yeah. I, I don't want to jump ahead because like I said, we only have two goals to go through, but the point is the Jets didn't sit back. They didn't, right. they didn't just rest on their laurels and say, okay, well, we got the one nothing lead. Hella Buck's playing well. We'll get him to get mm-hmm. the shutout. They kept pushing, and despite the fact that Soros, I mean, they could have been a little bit in their head, right? They're hitting posts, hitting crossbars. Soros is making all the saves. He kept making all the stops. Well, he kept yeah. making all the saves. And then you're thinking to yourself, but that's what they needed to do. And that's exactly what they did do is that they pushed and they continued to try and add to their lead. So mm-hmm. you really liked what they did throughout the course of that second period. There was no letdown, as you just described in the numbers. There's absolutely no let no letdown from this Jets club. Yeah. Well, Dave and I, you know, Drew, we give you a, a, a hard time sometimes when you, you do? talk about, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I never noticed. No, this is the first time, but no, but I mean, like, you know, when you talk about imposing your will and when you talked about, you know, the flame game and how the Jets, you know, and I agree with you and when they were playing more like a team that didn't want to lose as a point, as opposed to a team that wanted to take over the game and really seize the opportunity That's right. um, and, and everything like that. That was really tonight was what you wanted to see against Calgary, especially in the third period, right? So Dave's hundred percent right. Like you love how they stayed aggressive; they didn't change the game plan, and that's something that we've seen far too often, especially in the second half of the regular season. Yeah. Um, you know that the Jets from period to period. I mean, it's Jekyll and Hyde, right? Like you see a team that you know is firing all cylinders, putting a lot of rubber on the net, you know, aggressive on the forecheck, you know, doing doing everything well, and then you see a team that you know, goes 10 minutes without a shot. Mm-hmm. Like how many times this year have we seen that, right? So um, I think you love the fact, you know, that the Jets really, you know, stomped on the throat of the Predators. And that's what you have to do in game 79 yeah. when you're trying to lock down a playoff spot, right? That's so, right. I mean, you, you you don't like that it, it's taken this long to see that type of effort. Um, but if well, they play any and, close and, to that through, they're they're going to beat the Sharks no problem. Well, and the question is, can they can they match that again on Monday? That's been the problem. That's been the inconsistency. That's been the that's been what's bedeviled this team, and that's what gets everyone so frustrated. Is can they do can they do what they did tonight on Monday against another weaker opponent when maybe the hype? Got, by the way, absolutely pumped by the Oilers tonight. Right. Well, I mean, that you know, that's what's happening to them. That's what good teams are doing to bad teams. That's what the Leafs did to the Canadians tonight. Seven one. By the uh, way, yeah. do you see? I got to give the credit to Sheldon Keefe. He put in the yeah. University of Toronto goaltender in for the final minute and ten seconds. They had to have Alexander. Due to, yeah, due to cap reasons, they had to call. Re, well, you know, Stephen Wino is going to have to update his book now. Yeah, yeah. They signed. They signed. They signed him and uh, to an ATO, and he got the final minute and ten. In the game, I mean, I gotta give. I that's something that never would have happened years ago, and you, I love actually seeing that. I kind love of stuff it happen. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why not? Like, there's no reason. Oh, not make to. the you guy's give, life. I mean, he's gonna be yeah, like, exactly. He'll he's say he's an NHL player. That. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. There's no question. No, and it's a great thing to do. Uh, Chris Weidman on the uh, Montreal Canadiens didn't like it though. His response was. They they'll get what they deserve. They being the Leafs uh, will get what they deserve in a few weeks. I'm like, relax, dude. It was seven one. You were losing. You know, you don't really have much of a leg to stand on Oof. here. 
And, and yeah, I know there's a little bit of that's uh, that's being a poor sport. That is being a little bit of. A I poor mean, sport, the game's yeah. over. Like, there's no reason not to do that. Like, it's a good story. That the the people that try to make a good like try to make a good story a bad story. I mean, obviously, we know why they're doing that. Most likely, it's to make themselves feel better. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's a. I like that, Dave. I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the type of, honestly, to be honest with you, that's the type of stuff, the good news stuff in hockey that needs to be talked about as a Paul, as opposed to the continuous negativity that we see. Right. So I think Chris Weidman needs to take a chill pill there. I would agree with you there about the need for a chill pill. Uh, you know, what I also wanted to talk about tonight, which I really noticed and is, is I thought the Jets back pressure was tremendous the number the number of plays that were broken up you know not that the predators had a lot of zone time uh in the offensive zone but the number of plays that the jets forwards came back and intercepted or got sticks in passing lanes and deflected the you know potential dangerous uh opportunities away harmlessly was terrific i mean we talked about it this morning we read that quote from blake wheeler about you know the attention to detail and things of that nature and the jets attention to detail was tremendous they didn't get away from that you saw it for the entirety of the 60 minutes they were active you know in their own zone the forwards were low they were getting in there they were winning puck battles you know it was just a quality performance by a Winnipeg Jets team that needed a quality performance and they didn't change their game. They didn't chase their game. They didn't all of a sudden try and do one, have one guy try and win it on an individual basis. They stayed with it through that tentative first period before they were finally able to break through in that second period. Uh, Why don't we get into it? Are you guys ready to get into it? Let's get into it. It's the Betway Game Recap on this Saturday night. It's brought to you by our friends at Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. And, of course, the title sponsor here of the Illegal Curve postgame show. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront. With a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds, what are we you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. No scoring in that first period. The Jets had two power plays. The Predators had one power play. But uh, no goals were scored by either team. Uh, shots on goal in that first period, as we talked about, very much a feeling out period. 8-7 for the Predators. I thought the Jets got better as the period went on after the Predators had a little bit of an early advantage, but I don't think any of them were what I would describe as high danger chances as far as I can remember back. The Jets do open the scoring, and you just feel it, it go finally. It took almost the entire period. It took until the 15:06 mark of that second period. Mark Shifley, number 40. Congratulations to him. That's an impressive number, no matter who you are. 40 goals for Mark Shifley, assist to Vlad Nemestikov and Josh Morrissey. And it was just all Jets all the time. And you got the feeling it was eventually going to happen. And it finally does sort of deflect in off of Soros, who makes gets a, a part of the shot, but not enough of it. And it finally squeaks over the line to give the Jets the much-needed one nothing lead, Ezzy. Yeah, and you mentioned Nemestikov. He makes a nice little drop pass because Shifley's doing some work, and I forget who it was that was chasing him, uh, but it was a really nice little drop pass to Nemestikov around the blue line. And yeah, some space opens up. Or I, I 
mentioned this earlier. I'm not sure, Drew, if you had jumped on yet, but Josh Morrissey was so active in the predator zone. I think it was Michael McCarron uh, that was checking Josh Morrissey. So you had to respect that. And, and Shifley kind of used that to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I believe it was the fourth line. I think it was – somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. It might have been Mark Jankowski, who's a center, who was chasing uh, Shifley. But I just like that he saw that opening, went down right yeah. down the slot. It was. Jankowski uh, and was, was on the ice. Jankowski was the fourth yeah. line. So obviously yeah. a mismatch with the Jets' first line right. against the Predators' fourth line. But, yeah, nice little pass. And just, you know, you love to see that with Shifley. And he had – I thought, you know – he had such a nose for the net tonight and, you know, he was going to the quote unquote, you know, dirty areas. Um, and, you know, yeah, it was just a nice shot. And as you mentioned, Soros got a little piece of it, but obviously not enough. No, not quite enough to give that Jets the the one nothing lead that they so desperately needed and deserved as well, Dave, for their dominant play in that second period. Well, and, and remember, Mark Scheifele could have had his 40th earlier on that beautiful slap pass by Nikolai Ehlers. I think that was on the power play in the first period where he 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 just made an absolute... And I sat there and I thought to myself, well, is that the way this game is going to go for the Winnipeg Jets? Because that's, that's not a great sign of things to come because, I mean, you're not going to see a more open net. And Mark Scheifele, of all the players with hands in tight, you thought for sure he's scoring that goal, but it handcuffed him a little bit and he just put it wide. And so, yeah, you're right, Drew. I mean, it was it was a huge, like the the sound in that building. And I know you were in the crowd, and I, of course, was high above. But mm-hmm. like the sound, the and I, I used your pressure valve, uh, you know, expression earlier. But it's the truth. The 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 collective sigh of the fan base and the ability to, to celebrate a first goal, getting a first goal, and that game, the that game, the Jets, even if the Jets could have come back and won that game, you know, it was you know if they'd given up the first goal. That wasn't a game they needed to be chasing. They needed no. to be in the lead and they needed to, again, get the reward for doing the right things because that to me is what we always talk about. Like we say, do the right things, eventually you get rewarded. Well, what happened to the, today? They just did the right things against right. A, a national team. that and they, did, and they played, didn't get away from it. They stayed with it throughout that's the what entire I mean. period. That's right. So they mm-hmm. didn't get away from the, 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 and the, and the reward, the carrot was the Mark Scheifele goal, but the, the other reward was that they controlled the play. Yeah. You know, and if Rick Bonus, Rick Bonus might have to show them the entire period. If he wants to show them good things from the game, he'll be like, let's just watch back that second period because everything, almost everything you guys did, obviously not 100%, was was something that was what they would want them to be repeating throughout the course of a hockey game because it was good. And and another thing too, you know, further to our point, talking about not taking the foot off the gas and whatever uh, whatever cl- other cliches we could throw in there, but it's true, right? Like Colton Sissons, he had to take a tripping penalty on Morrissey because it was a nice rush, kept his feet moving, um, and then I think it was at Ehlers on that power play hits the crossbar, right? If I'm yes. not mistaken, right? Yes. So I mean, again, the Jets should have before Shifley's goal, they probably should have had a couple already, and then they continue and almost get another one, right? And obviously they, you know, didn't score a second goal in in the second period, but you know they were they were playing really well. I, I think like I was really impressed going into this game. I thought the Jets were were going to win, and we talked about it on this morning show. We thought it was going to be low scoring. Um, the Jets were doing everything they could, um, you know, to put it, put in a lot of goals past Soros, but this was impressive. And Drew's right. I mean, you you have to continue this against San Jose and. You know, we'll remind everybody the Sharks have defeated the Jets twice this year. I think, yeah. you know, most fans haven't forgotten that, uh, but maybe some have. But um, I think <laughs> I this was this was this is what you needed. Right. So you can only you, you, you're going to enjoy this if you're the Jets. Um, but obviously, you know that 
you know, you got to clinch. You still have to clinch, and that that could happen as early as Monday night. Yeah, it can happen as early as Monday night if, if the Jets and, perform that the in the way that they need to perform. You're right about that. Go on, Dave. Just just quickly, just I want to jump off of Doug Henderson's comment here, which I've highlighted. We the, he says we didn't take any undisciplined penalties. Well, Doug, we're not playing in the game, so of course we didn't take any penalties. But he if he means the Jets, which no, I think no, he Doug does, speaks. Doug speaks for the Jets. We <laughs> we means the Jets. Uh, he does. Yeah. So, anyways, although I want to ra- answer Rob's question about. Uh, uh, Rutger McGordy. Rutger McGordy is not a one and done. He's already declared he'll be going back to Michigan. Sorry, I just want to get that in because I saw out of my side view. Well, you had speculated you. that yesterday, uh, I think two days ago, Dave, and then uh, Marat, our good friend, uh, confirmed it, and that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I would, I, I would be pretty surprised if he if he plays after the second year. Yeah, but I would expect him. I, I, if you're a Jets fan, you know, I, I and you're kind of wondering. I would imagine he's going to send uh, sign his entry level deal a year from now. That's right. Yeah, he, he had a very good freshman season. I think he was like thirty nine points in thirty nine games. Point per, pay, and, point per game. Yeah, that's right. And and he but yeah, he needs to be back in Michigan. And uh, I think they said they might be the captain next year. And so he has a real good sophomore Greg year. I said that on our show today, Dave. See, there's so many things going on. Yeah, I forgot that it was, <laughs> it's it true. was I'm like I heard it yeah. somewhere. Craig yeah. Button on our show, a little thing called yeah. the Legal Karak show. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, download maybe you, it. You, maybe also because the Jets really haven't had any players play at the University of Michigan, so yes. you're kind of confused. It's, <laughs> That's it's true. This, it's this That's new. True. It's this new program that we've never heard of. Exactly. Good point by you. But anyway, so getting back to Doug Henderson's uh, point because I think it's a good one. The Jets. The Jets didn't take any additional penalties. I thought. I mean, obviously the Dylan DeMello one. Uh, notwithstanding, I guess, because, you know, it is what it is. It was a bit of a cross-check. But, I, I, again, the Jets were smart. They stayed within it. They got into it a little bit. There was some physicality, but they didn't go beyond what they were, you know, what was kind of the threshold of the of the referee crew. So, you know, again, staying out of the box, playing five-on-five, five, which is a point Drew made, you know, like, look at the last game. Mm-hmm. There's no flow. And the Jets have been playing, you know, some good hockey five-on-five you know, big, going back to the Detroit game, going back to the New Jersey game, that's the way they wanted to play. You don't want to kill the flow of the entire game, and they didn't tonight. And as a result, I think that we saw that second period, uh, you know, uh, and, and, you know, we saw the second period, and that's great. And like you guys have just said, you got to keep it going on Monday, but we got to focus right now our attention on tonight's game. Absolutely. It looks like an update from Vancouver. The Canucks opened the scoring one nothing over ya. the Calgary Flames, which Told is of course what uh, people in Winnipeg want to see in that game. Does anybody know where the Frozen Four is being broadcast? Tampa Bay. No, Florida. I know where it is. What channel is it on? Because I think it's going into overtime, and I'm trying to find it on TSN, and I can't seem to. I didn't realize you were a big uh, Quinnipiac fan, Drew. Well, if, there, you know, there is a, there is that kid who's uh, playing on Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac who I think he was the one who helped uh, end Michigan season, um, but I or BU did he, they not go BU? No, uh, no, they not. Were Michigan. you thinking when Elliot was talking about Matthew Nees tonight? You're thinking why isn't he talking about um, Rutger McGroarty, Right? Like, well, I wasn't say, thinking about anything because I was busy coming home from the game, so I missed whatever. Well, I guess you didn't see that, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, University of Minnesota, TSM Plus, a, a good players. TSM Logan, so Logan Cooley's been TV. unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, I thought it was on uh, on regular TV. Anyways, I was gonna say there's a kid who's who's we don't work come- for TV guy, Drew. There's a, co- a kid who's coming to Jets development camp on that Quinnipiac team who had I think two goals against uh, Michigan, and so Quinnipiac's just fun to say. Like I could say it Quinnipiac all day long. Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. Go. It's maybe uh, maybe a side gig for you guys is just saying Quinnipiac over and over. What does again. Quinnipiac mean, Drew? Like it's a very unique. Like is that a person or what is that? 
Um, I really am really not sure. What's the origin of Quinnipiac? Well, now you're going to well, make me Google They're in that, Connecticut, so. Ezzy. Private university in Connecticut. I thought Quinnipiac was New York. I knew it was East Coast. It's an Ojibwe word that means original people, according to my quick ah, uh, Googling see? thereof. See, there it's it's a unique word, meaning original people. There you like go. Uh, so there you have it. There's uh, your... It's probably my favorite university, uh, aside from Colgate. I was going to say, come on, Izzy. We all know you love Colgate. Yeah. I thought you were more of a Crest guy, but anyways, not, not, it's neither here nor there. Let's be honest. I use my, I use my kids' Paw Patrol toothpaste. It's probably the case. Uh, the Jets leading one nothing out. We gotta, sorry, Kyle's asking, are we coming to the Kenny and Rennie end-of-season party, uh, which Kenny and Rennie are going to be hosting our plan is, yeah, most likely we'll be there. We, uh, yeah, you know, unless we, unless we get mean, beef, we are invited. Think, Sean's already told to it. Crash it, right? I didn't get Sean, an invite. Sean, whoa, 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 Sean invited all of us. Told oh. me, I forgot to tell you guys, but oh. I was, I was gonna nice, conven- conveniently forget. Oh, sorry, guys, I don't know what happened to your invitation. But let yes, me, uh, just so, just, I, just so folks yeah, know, it's not. will be there. We'll be hitting the beer bong. It will not be. Uh, did you say the beer bong? It will not be after the uh, till after the season ends. So okay. Well, still, let me just tell. Still, the Does folks this determined? still to be determined oh the specifics still being worked on and incumbent largely on the jets actually making the playoffs but stay tuned for some information Ooh. about a live watch party Ooh. of the, one of the first two jets playoff games which will obviously be on the road and a live broadcast of the post game show Whoa! So, this is breaking go, news folks. to Drew, to Ezzy and I as well. Just some breaking news. We got a we. No, 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 That's right. The details. We have a party still, to announce. Details <laughs> are still to be determined, but so you folks know, just prepare yourselves mentally for those details coming down your way very shortly. Uh, dependent on the Jets, of course, finally making the playoffs and the schedule and everything else but stay so tuned. drew are you saying that we're going to be broadcasting live from the hot tub in sage creek with spency sutton <laughs> well spency did just out. say tarps off at the watch party so uh spency's well, uh spency's already in that case but uh no just stay tuned we, uh for for more details about, about that folks uh one nothing for the jets after 40 minutes and dave you spoke to it about the need to come out in the third period and match what you did in the second period and the jets did that and they did it early at the 136 mark of that third period. And this is, you know, as important as the first goal was, the second goal was equally important. Neil Pionk, uh, his 10th of the year, assist to Nikolai Ehlers and Blake Wheeler. And, you know, Pionk gets the goal, but it's just fantastic play by Nikolai Ehlers. He just, he starts the play. He carries it in through the neutral zone. He retrieves his own uh, sort of not, it wasn't even a dump in. It was more of a chip and chase that he goes and gets it himself. And he's got the vision to see Pionk as the trailer and hits him tape to tape. And then Pionk makes no mistake going the top shelf to beat UC Saros and give the Jets an all important two goal lead early in that third period, as he. Yeah. And, you know, I agree with you that it was, it was a great. You know, it, it's funny because I thought Ehlers originally lost the puck and it almost looked like he passed it to himself. I'm not, I'm pretty he sure did. he did. No, no, he did. Yeah, Absolutely. He, did. he meant to do no that. No question. But, but when you were watching it live, Dave, I'm, I'm sure you maybe thought the same thing or up in the press box, um, our colleagues thought the same thing, right? It was like he was stick handling and lost it a little bit, but just a smart play. And obviously the pass is just elite. But also earlier in the play, Wheeler takes a hit 
and I was just trying to figure out who it was on the replay. I, I, I couldn't tell who it was. But Wheeler takes a hit to get it to Ehlers. And that just speaks again, guys, you know, to, to, the, to what the Jets were doing today, right? Like sacrificing their bodies. Like mm-hmm. all of those cliches, everything that hockey players are told to do by their coaches, that's the type of stuff that the Jets were doing, right? And again, that's kind of what you wanted to see in that third period against the Flames, which you just didn't see. There just wasn't, you know, the requisite effort from the Jets. So, um, you know, love, love what Ehlers did on that goal. And just again, going back to, to Neil Pionk, he obviously has not had the season either offensively or even though his offensive numbers are actually really good. Yeah, that's the double digits um, now. Yeah, and, and so I, you just love that. And I, I just love the celebration. Like for the most part, you know, I, I don't care about the celebration, but we talked about Shifley's 40th in the second period. Like the weight, the, the weight was lifted off of his shoulders and it was an emotional release for him. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it was an emotional release for Pionk and the rest of the Jets that were on the ice, like Ehlers and, and Brendan Dillon. Right. So uh, a huge goal, um, you know, that was the insurance goal that the Jets needed. And it was early in the third period and it gave them some breathing room, guys. Right. Because even though, you know, we, we talked about it, the Jets had 300 shot attempts in the first two <laughs> periods, they only had one goal. So yeah. it was nice to, you know, get the early, you know, insurance goal. And then they obviously didn't look back from there. That's right. Well, uh, just to Go ahead, just Dave. to quickly jump on to this one because it the deceptiveness deceptiveness of Nikolai Ehlers on that play is all that needs to be talked about. Yes. Nice goal by Neil Pionk. You give him credit. Went top corner. It was a beauty. But for him to do what he did, the way he went around the D, and you're right, it was just a it was like I didn't know originally. I thought he bobbled it and he just got it back. Then I realized when I watched it again. No, no, he intended to do that. That was an intentional play to get himself the puck and to allow himself to have a little space. The way he was weaving and bobbing in traffic today whole was game. sensational. The whole yeah. game. The whole game he was doing it. But the play you know, made- again, it was but Drew, it was more important that he was doing it with a purpose. Yeah. Like he wasn't just going east, west, north, south, you know, south, north, north, east. But anyways, the point is he wasn't just doing it chaotically he actually yeah. was attacking and he was doing it with with a purpose and i and again i thought that was his best game of the season by far i thought he was phenomenal throughout the course of the game mm-hmm. but especially on that nezzy's right and that that to me is what hit it you know if you get that if you have a one nothing lead and you don't get that goal early in the third period oftentimes they say you want to get the goal a little bit later you know because you don't want to take the foot off the gas the jets needed that because even though they played well we've seen teams play really well and then take a step back you know, but that's not what happened here. The Jets came out the third. The National had a good press the first minute, and then the Jets took over and they did what they did, and they got that goal, and that just continued throughout the course of the game. And then, really, it, to me, to my mind, and and we should talk about the disallowed goal at some point. But the one thing that we, you know, which obviously happened earlier in the game, but mm-hmm. I didn't you know, think that was that obvious uh, of a no goal. Like it was obviously that obvious that the refs wanted to blow the whistle, Dave, and and you were there, but. You know, it looked like you know the the initial shot, uh, chance was was maybe under Soros's pad. Yeah, he was just behind him. Yeah, Yeah. but Dubois Dubois clearly. I mean, like that was late after the whistle, even though the whistle didn't. That was a late whistle. But I I mean, to me, there was some gray area there. Um, But again, the goal it didn't matter because the Jets still won. But uh, yeah, Jets fans, you you would know better than I would, guys. But uh, Jets fans were not happy with that one. Well, and by the way, I, I think my favorite part of the sh- post game show by far, I know Drew's champing at the bit to, to give That's the okay. announcement, but know. it's just, it's so funny that the the chat is so excited. So now everybody's a Canucks fan, two nothing for the Canucks. 
everybody's excited. Everybody's cheering. But no, going back to what would have been the two nothing goal, like that segue, if would have been a two nothing goal for the Jets, yeah. and you you want to talk about ref, you suck, and it was loud. I, I, you know, look, I I just don't like when the refs stay behind the net in that way because he just essentially said, like Soros didn't have it, like it was under Soros, but it was still somewhat, you know, free. And Dubois, look, Dubois gave it a good shove. I, I don't know. Like I said, I asked people what they, what the, I got the consensus. The consent, shockingly, for most of Jets fans and Moose fans who follow me, most <laughs> thought it was a goal. So I was, it I was, was willing to go. I was willing to go with the mob in that regard. But uh, no, I, look, I mean, like the reality no, is, the ref said, the ref said it was an intention to blow the whistle, and that's the reason why they disallowed it. Yeah, look, they lost sight of the puck. I mean, in that case, I, it's it, it, to me that wasn't controversial. Have we mentioned it's two nothing Vancouver? We were. About I literally to. just did. Yeah, two nothing Vancouver. Uh, Did you? I, I honestly must have not been paying attention. A lot. I, yeah, I could. Well, I can always see when you're not paying attention. So I knew you weren't 100 percent certain. But yeah, no, I was. I said I was that just, I was looking at you know chicken recipes on my other browser, Dave. That's I was good. saying that I seeing the Jets fans in the chat are so excited to drop the score, so we always know. So even if we don't, we don't have to. Drew's fancy second screen is completely superfluous because the chat is letting us know what the score is. 2-0, Elias Pettersson getting his 38th of the season, a shorthanded goal, uh, doing Jets fans certainly a big favor, uh, giving the Canucks a 2-0 lead, but we know how the Flames like to uh, frequently yeah, I was going to say, a... this, this game, anybody want to bet that this game's going to overtime? <laughs> yeah, it's you can't count these these Flames out as of late, although they tried to stage the comeback against the Blackhawks, and that did not work out well for them. Uh, I guess that would have been, what, Tuesday night, if I'm uh, if my nights... Feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. And anyway, 2 nothing for the Jets early in the second period, or early in the third period, pardon me. Again, you love how they came out. You love the play that the Jets controlled the third period, uh, really, for the most part. And it certainly wasn't until maybe the last five, six minutes of the third period where Nashville started to push a little bit more and maybe get a little bit of zone time. The Jets were the better of the two teams for the for the game. And the better of the two teams won tonight. And Connor Hellebuck gets that shutout that was so close to getting on uh, what have that have been last Monday against the Devils. One of the easier shutouts of his career. But yeah, again, that's a, that's a testament to how the Jets played in front of him, right? No question about it. The huge win for the Winnipeg Jets. 2 nothing on home ice in front of a very happy crowd in downtown Winnipeg. The Jets next in action on Monday. I believe it's a 6 o'clock puck drop on Monday, if I'm not mistaken. So it's an early game uh, for television-related purposes uh, because it's a sports night. It's not a good Monday. dad time, Drew. You know that I like the 7 o'clock time a lot better. It's not a great dad time. It's right. It is a 6 o'clock start on Monday. So post-game on Monday will be bright and early, right around 8.15 or thereabouts back here. Or not 8.15, sorry. Yeah, 8.30, 8.45 uh, back here on our uh, when on I our left YouTube When channel. I left my house to drive to Dave's house for the third period, Ruben was still awake. It just sounds like bad parenting, if you ask me. No, he just doesn't <laughs> like to go to bed. He likes to party like his dad. Yeah, like I said, bad parenting. Like I just said, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, you could. So you just call John. Kids. You just call John Ginsburg a bad parent. Dave, Dave, Drew, I have, uh, I think at least two cops that say I'm the world's greatest dad, or one of them <laughs> says number one dad. So isn't that a T-shirt that you wear my too? Coffee cup uh, argues with that that point that you made. 
Fair enough. In any event, uh, hopefully your son is asleep now that it's 20 to 10, and otherwise your wife is probably going to murder you when you get home is, is, is the reality of the situation. Let's go to break on this uh, post-game show edition of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. How's it already when 51 we... minutes in? I can't believe it. I look, I was like, boy, that seems like a quick break by Drew, but 51 minutes in. It is Wowzers. 51 minutes in. We have much more to come. We'll give some post-game quotes. Keep an eye on the Canucks and the Flames, of course. And contests. in Vancouver. Giveaways and things of that nature. And, and, and the Manuk Moose Minute, of course, as well. Is that what you were pointing at? And That's right, go. Drew. Okay. Much That's why I was hoping you weren't going to join us tonight. I was just going to do a Manuk uh, half an hour. Understood. But I'm here. So Why is but, this night different than any other night? <laughs> don't go anywhere is what we're saying. It's the Illegal Curve Post Game Show, live on YouTube and all of our social media platforms. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running yeah. independent comedy club. Rumors has kept one of them laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about 5 bucks? Come on, $5? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on, there's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second, wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. 
Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 9.45 in the evening. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. We're live here on our YouTube channel. We're live on all of our social media platforms talking about the Winnipeg Jets 2-0 victory over the Nashville Predators. Uh, a boon and a boost for the Jets' playoff hopes. And obviously, time will tell what it actually means, but we keep a close eye on all of the other games still being played tonight uh, and other things of that nature. Quinnipiac has just won in overtime. Oh, wow. Uh, 10 seconds into overtime, they won the national championship. So right congratulations uh, to them on their victory in uh, the NCAA tournament. Uh, Dave M is updating some of the contest stuff, so we'll get that uh, over to you momentarily. Let me see some post-game quotes. I think I saw a couple here that I wanted to make mention of, courtesy of our buddy Marat Atesh. Let's see if I could have, if I had found it earlier and I would have uh, prepared myself, that would have been smarter, but here we are on this night. Rick Bonus talking about Mark Scheifele's game-winning goal. He hit the post a couple of times. He had some great looks, but we stayed in the fight, and Mark's goal was a perfect example of that. Just stay in it. Stay in the moment. Stay shift to shift, and he gets a very timely goal for us. So that's Rick Bonus talking about Mark Shafley. It's the stay shift to shift part that jumps out to me the most, Ezzy, because the Jets really did that tonight. They stayed in it shift to shift. They didn't get away from their game, which is what we talked about this morning with uh, that Blake Wheeler quote saying, you know, you have to be patient. You have to not become undisciplined. And that, to me, for a Jets team that has frequently sort of maybe lost a little bit about their discipline, they didn't lose that at all tonight. And that was a big reason why they ended up with that 2 nothing victory. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. I think that, you know, sometimes, you know, when we're talking about either pregame comments or postgame comments, you're taking them with a grain of salt. And, you know, you'll say actions speak louder than words, right? But I think that really does apply here. The Jets, you know, practice what they preached. Um, and, and that's the type of effort that we saw in the first 35 to 45 games of, of right. the season. And, you know, I, I think it bodes well you know, for what's going to happen, you know, on Monday, Tuesday, and, you know, all of next week, right? Like, I mean, they, they want to go to the playoffs. I, I, I don't think <laughs> I anybody, so. any, and I don't think anybody is, you know, you know, surprised with that. I mean, I think that, you know, the, the effort in the third period just wasn't good enough. It didn't match, you know, what the Flames were putting out there. And the right. Flames are a physical team. Like, that's, that's one thing, too. This was not a physical game. I mean, you had, uh, you know, a few body checks, but for the most part, I mean, you know, the, the Predators were, you know, just trying to get the puck back from the Jets and, and you know, get something going offensively. So, um, you know, I, I think from top to bottom, you like this effort. 
you like the fact that you know the even you know Kevin Stenlin got a scoring chance yeah. you know in that in that second period right so and they didn't play that much so the Jets were disciplined you know they were very focused and you know opportunistic and even though they weren't scoring as much as they would have liked putting all of that rubber on UC Saros what was it 20 shots in the second period they stuck with it you know got rewarded and you know they don't care that they only got two goals they got the win in regulation and you know they essentially you know, knock the Predators out of the playoffs with tonight's win. Certainly a big blow to the Predators' uh, playoff chances, Dave M. Yeah, they're down at six, a, a solid 6%. And, you know, as he, the one thing that is worth mentioning or adding Dude, on to you're saying your, there's a chance, Dave. That's there, what you're saying. Very, very... I'm here to tell you, Predators fans, it's over. Yeah, that's a good That's a good one, Ed. Yeah, well, hang on. If that's a Ginsburg guarantee, I'd like to welcome the National Predators <laughs> to the playoffs. Oh, hold on a second. I just realized I got a haircut today. And the Jets won. What's your point? That's, that's neat. Interesting. Congratulations. Dino, Dino, for the record, Dino is talking about Cole Perfetti, and he's wondering whether Cole Perfetti could play for the Moose in the playoffs. Now, Cole Perfetti can play for the Moose. He won't have enough time because the Moose are uh, – uh, the reason he's talking about it, we should mention, is because for those who weren't well, paying attention – for the Jets in the playoffs. Well, that there you go. But but the, it might might need the second or third round for that. As but the, as we mentioned on the morning show, he he took part in morning skate in a red non-contact uniform. And uh, Rick Bonus said he is still a few weeks away, so he won't be available anytime soon. And the reality is, because he wasn't papered uh, at the trade deadline, he is not available to play for the Moose unless it was on a conditioning stint in the regular season, but he's not available for the Moose to play in the playoffs. The only person who, who was is actually on some Fielby. So if, uh, and and we talked about it, we're not, it's not, it's not really clear why he hasn't been sent down, you know, to, to just play some hockey as opposed to just practicing. But uh, there's my little segue into what I was going to say off Vezzi's point, but sometimes the chat has some good comments. So we, we jump off of them, but uh, was it nice stick from Morgan Barron to set up that two on one? He it was a really nice play defensively in the jet zone. Mm-hmm. Used as an active stick to po- poke that puck away and then create that chance with uh, Kevin Stenland. So uh, a nice reward for those guys too, who, as we talked about, didn't have a ton of minutes. No, they they didn't. Another quote uh, from Rick Bonus on Neil Pionk's goal. That's a timely goal. They're coming into the third period. They're down one nothing. They say, "Hey, we've got a chance here." So that's a huge timely goal for our team that kind of took the wind out of their sails early. He's absolutely right. You know, I did not, when it's a one nothing game, you know, things happen in one nothing games. Pucks get deflected, double bounces, and weird things happen. But when it was 2 nothing, I did not for a second think Nashville was going to be able to, 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 to come back from that deficit. That's why it was such a huge goal for the Jets early in that third period set up by Nikolai Ehlers onto the stick of Neil Pionk to make it a 2 nothing game. And that's how it ended. The Jets get the shutout. Connor Hellebuck gets the shutout. The Jets get a huge victory on home ice the final Saturday of the regular season. And uh, the Jets have gone a long way to make sure that it's not necessarily the final saturday of their season just to quickly answer uh, frosty he said howard is it that we have 25 guys on the team isn't that too over the limit the limit is only in effect during the trade deadline as long as you are cap compliant yes. then you are fine so as long as the jets stay below 81 million they're fine they can have as they we saw when they were injured and they didn't put guys on ltir they had like 29 guys 28 or 29 guys on the roster so your roster doesn't matter as long as it's compliant with the with the cap just a little fyi for the question for rusty 
There you go. Dave M, look at you, cap friendly, uh, you know, representative here on the illegal curve. Wow. I mean, we, got, we, we, we write about it and talk about it enough. I have to have some limited knowledge. It's true. That makes a lot of sense. I, I just want to clarify one thing. I see a lot of talk in the chat about the standings and where things are at. Let me just, uh, you know, figure this out. And if the Jets, with the Jets victory. Get up the abacus, the- Drew. I, well, I'll tell you what. It isn't the no, it's easy. If the, if the Flames lose tonight, the Jets just need to win one game. No, it's not that. Well, yeah, not that simple because Nashville is still well, not completely out of it. Well, yeah, but but the Jets, the, the earliest the Jets can clinch is Monday night. If the Jets no, win, is that easy, Drew? In terms of if you take Nashville out of the equation, because they have six percent chance well, no, of getting they in. They still have. I'm talking about as early, the, I'm talking about clinching, not yeah. percentages. I'm talking about Ezzy. Wasn't that long ago the Jets had a 98 percent chance of making the playoffs? <laughs> okay. So you know, I'll shut I'm up. Talking, I'll shut up. Thank you. I'm talking about uh, when can you put an X next to the Winnipeg Jets name? It could happen as early as Monday if Calgary were to lose tonight to Vancouver and the Jets then beat the Sharks on Monday, and then Calgary beats Nashville. So the Jets actually want Calgary to beat Nashville uh, you know, on Monday if Calgary loses tonight. And then Dave and I have to also go see the Super Mario Brothers movie. Then the Jets will officially clinch. There you go. I don't know about that second part, but that's where the numbers are at uh, with uh, regard to the upcoming playoff chase. The Jets uh, you know, did what they needed to do tonight, in order to maybe get a step closer to making Tuesday and Thursday against Minnesota and Colorado potentially meaningless. And boy, would that be a, a boon to them. Uh, Dave M., and you, you've waited patiently. Let's do a Manuk Moose Minute, and then we'll wrap it up with the contest stuff on the other end of that. Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Manuk. Wow. I got a little a little additional manuk from Ez the Moose, a big slide, big, big slide, biggest slide that they've had since 2019-20, and that's not a good slide. Sometimes slides are fun, Ez. This is not a good fun slide. They they've lost, they had lost five straight going into their final game of the homestand, final home game of the regular season, which also doubled as their fan appreciation game. Tons of giveaways. Players at the end of the game gave away sticks to fans and pucks. And uh, throughout the course of the game, the food, the moose were giving things away. Over 5,500 Winnipeggers, Manitobans, uh, piled into the building to watch that hockey game. And it was a good hockey game. Just a couple of uh, changes. Arvid Holm got the crease from Oscar Salmonen. And uh, Evan Poli came out. Tyler Bolin came in. And Tyrell Bauer was in. And Simon Lundmark was out. Made some changes to the lineup, which was probably a good thing because the lines were getting a bit stagnant. The moose handed out some hardware in advance of the final regular season game. Uh, the MVP of the team, Declan Chisholm. The fan favorite, Jansen Harkins. Rookie, Dean Stewart, which is weird because he's like 24. Best D-man. From Portage, right? Portage La Prairie. Leon Gavanke. And community service, Captain Jimmy Olney. Do we, that was- do we want to discuss how somehow the MVP and the top defenseman are, are not it's the a fair same question. I was fair thinking question. that too, Drew. Yeah. The fair yeah. question. I yeah. don't have an answer because I'm not. Remo- I'm. I, we don't work for the moose. Although technically, I did color last night, so I kind of worked for the moose yesterday. But the you reality is, <laughs> but we don't. So I, I don't know. The moose made that determination. I don't know how they made it. Maybe it was a vote. I'm not entirely certain for uh, how 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 the decision was made. How they came to it. Maybe that'll be an expose. We'll write. We'll run on illegalcurve.com. But uh, I'm not exactly certain how they did it. 
But the I know that some folks were saying to me, how can you blend best defenseman and not get the be the MVP? Or how can you be the MVP, not be the best defenseman? But maybe they gave it to Leon because he's got the most goals. Not necessarily certain. Nice save, by the way, uh, by the Moose by the Moose fans because the anthem singer who did a really nice job, she forgot a word in the U, in the U.S. anthem, and so and it's funny because I, I mean I caught it. Which word was it? I don't I don't remember. The, it was like early on, but she did kind of like a half turn. It starts with O. Yeah, but but she did a half turn, and then so people thought maybe her mic died. I was like, oh, but so the crowd, I was very impressed. The crowd started singing for her and then she jumped back into it and she started singing. So nice little moment there in the crowd, Winnipeg uh, coming up big, knowing the U.S. national anthem. My wife and Anyways. kids thank, thank the crowd for doing their, their good job there. What's that? My wife and kids thank the, thank the yeah, crowd exactly. for doing a good exactly. job there. But anyways, unlike the last few games where the Moose have started off quickly and didn't get rewarded tonight, last night, sorry, is exactly what happened. They did that because Leon Gavanke, who I mentioned, you know, defenseman of the year, scored his 17th goal of the season, and he passes Sammy Niku, flying Sammy Niku for most goals by a defenseman. But it was a howitzer. It was a nice shot. It was a really nice shot, as a you know, nice pass. Um, and and again, it was it was a big because the team needed uh, Greg Morales got him the puck, but the team needed to get some good feelings because they've had really good first periods and not gotten the reward. But uh, he doesn't have the record because he tied Brett Hauer for most goals by defenseman. Brett Hauer had it Whoa. with the Manitoba Moose of the IHL. That's going way back. 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, Brett Hauer had that record. So Sammy Niku's record is the AHL record. This is the Moose record for most goals by defenseman. Leon will most likely, uh, you know, pass that this week as he they is that when Vincent Texas. Riendo was in net for the Moose? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I'm not entirely certain who Yo- was in what net. What was his name? Jonas Hedberg. Yeah, well, that was the, the Moose. The Moose. Yeah. The Moose. Yeah. yeah, I know. Do you remember? I mean, and then don't you remember when he went to play for the Penguins? Yes, in of the course. playoffs. He went on the and he was wearing, run for them. And he was wearing his Moose helmet, helmet. throughout the course. Yeah, and I remember we. I re- the Moose was that the year Moose played Hershey in the in the finals. No, I don't think so. That was 2009 when Matty Perot was on Hershey, right? That's the team. Yeah, that, no, yeah, the reason I wasn't Michael Corey Noyver. Schneider the Moose goalie that year. Yeah, Schneider was the goalie. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, in, in 2009, I yeah. remember being in a Moose game though, and I remember them showing uh, Hedberg uh, highlights on television. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That was those good times. But the point is, he tied a record from from many many years ago. And uh, unlike in the uh, the way we saw the Jets come out, it was the Grand Rapids Griffins who, if they would have lost in regulation, their season would have, their chances of making the playoff story would have been over. So they came out like a house on fire, outshot the Moose, I think it was like seven or eight, nothing to start. But Arvid Holm was up to the task. He stopped all the shots he faced. And then uh, the Moose got a power play and Dominic Tonnato, who's been a producer for this Moose club, he scored his 18th goal of the year, uh, assist to... Billy Hainola and Leon Gavanke. That was his 40th point of the year. And then uh, Jansen Harkins gave the Moose a little bit of insurance. His made it 3-1, his 22nd goal of the year, 22 goals, 22 assists. Talk about consistent for Jansen Harkins. And he made it 3-1. And uh, they ended the nightmare. The slide was over. And uh, Arvid Holm, he was excellent. 22 saves, 23 shots, 18-11-3 for the Moose, a 2-6. GA a two six zero GAA 19, 913 save percentage. And uh folks were happy in Moose Land, and now they hide on the road for the final regulation uh for regular season uh road trip. I believe they go to Texas and then Rockford, maybe Chicago as well. But uh, their magic number is down to three. There you go, Dave M with the Woo! 
Manuk Moosminith. Like only we appreciate that, Dave. Get it? And do that was pretty good. I liked it there, Dave. Um, Ezzy, we got some. Contact. And by the way, by the way, for the record, I want the folks to know: not easy to try and keep you all up to date and make sure I've got all those clipped while I'm doing color beside Daniel. But I did my best and uh, and and forged ahead. Although Daniel kept looking at me, going, "Can you do color and not be clipping videos right now?" I'm like, "Come on, Daniel. I, yeah. I got to make the people happy." I, I don't blame him for his request, but uh, we appreciate your efforts nonetheless. Uh, as we get That's why they call Dave the king of all media, right? Or I think they call Howard Stern that. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, one or the other. Yeah. yeah <laughs> one like or the that. other. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's going to ride the Sibian for us afterwards. Oh, oh boy. Okay. Drew, Drew uh, Bailey's in the chat. Trail, chill. Wow. That, that, that got really dark really quickly. Yeah. Um, we're going to give it to Beer League. The comment was from way back at 909, yeah, which is almost an hour ago. So hopefully Beer League is, is still watching. If he's not or she's not, um, it could be a she, uh, we'll hopefully you know, get the toque to, to Beer League, but we'll read the comment here. Shot, 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 shots. What I like about this comment is we're going to get two sponsors in here. So everybody, nice to see everyone on the same game plan in that regard. 80 shot attempts, fireball time. We didn't do a fireball shot, I um, but have... I think most likely we would have given it to uh, Neil Pionk or we're going to give it to Shifley. Only no. two goals, but I think we probably give it to Pionk. It is um, absolutely going to be Pionk, uh, and I meant to do it. That is our Seagram shot of the game, combining it with our tough duck, hardest-hitting comment. You see why we're doing that? Synergy. Yeah. Synergy. Synergy. That's sponsors. what we like to see here. Yeah. So Beer League, send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com, or if somebody, if Beer League isn't here, I'm not sure if Beer League responded with a, with a comment here that they won. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully Beer League gets the message. So Ezra okay. at IllegalCurve.com, tough He's duck here. will send out. There it's we go. Here. Yeah, so Beer League, send me an email. Um, and then, you know, Drew was, you know, dropping some, uh, you know, some little surprises, some hints that we have a watch party coming up. Uh, if the Jets make the playoffs, we will have more Tough Duck merchandise. And it won't be Tukes. It'll be something more spring-related. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure what that's going to be. But we will have new Tough Duck merchandise. But in the meantime, Beer League, yeah, you've got yourself shorts. a two. It's Tough Duck is making booty shorts. Yeah, uh, for yeah the we're going to do booty yeah. shorts and banana hammocks. That's what we're going to have going <laughs> for the, the playoffs, True, But yeah, Beer League, send me an email. Ezra at Illegal Curve with your mailing info, and we'll get that to you. There you go. And we're going to wrap it up tonight with, of course, the Illegal Curve merchandise contest. Uh, you enter in the unique code. There's only a few more contests to go, folks. So you better get your opportunities in if you haven't already done so. Enter in today's unique code for a chance to get extra bonus entries and maybe get your name drawn. The unique code word for tonight. Uh, I'm not sure if Dave is referring to Ezzy's new haircut, Silky Smooth, or if he's referring to Nikolai Ehlers, but whatever. Wow. Look at that. He's aerodynamic. I, I, you know, I haven't seen anybody that handsome. In I was a long, thinking long both. Time. Shout out was... to, to Mao. She was the the nice woman who who cut my hair and did my beard. If anybody follows me here on Instagram, they would see uh, yeah. how much hair. I hope she got half Actually, pay. Yeah, there were. It was. I, I basically just walked in and said, like, just fire up shave the weed me. whacker. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Shave me like a like a goat. Shorn me like a sheep. Is a sheep. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. A sheep, not a goat. Yeah, you're the goat, Drew. You're the greatest I am of all the time. Goat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and anyways, silky smooth, all one word. That's the unique code for the illegal curve contest uh, for tonight. And the illegal curve merchandise winner, Dave M. Who gets the who gets the uh, Jets gear? Who gets the swag. I like when you ask me, but you can curve. see it yourself. I I know, I, but I, I, I like I like to share the love. Uh, nah, I think it's because probably a, a last a name. Cameron Fortier. Yeah, no, I could say Cameron Fortier. I wanted the boy to boy Cameron. 
Cameron Forte is the winner of the Illegal Curve merchandise contest for tonight. So big props to Cameron doing a great job in entering the contest and getting rewarded for his viewing of us here at Illegal Curve. So that's a congratulations to Cameron. Dave M will be in touch as well. And uh, everyone will be getting their swag in no time flat. Yeah, Running Man, don't worry. You'll be getting it. I know some people, hey, Ken... Ken from uh, North Dakota, he tweeted out his, his picture. People are getting their stuff. It takes a little bit of time. You know, I do try and do a, a few things during the day, but don't worry, I promise you will. Everyone will be getting their stuff. Sure enough. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. You just need to get like an Amazon truck like they have. Dave, you always see those in River Heights. Well, Ezzy, I wanted you to be an Amazon Let's truck. Just get an I want to curve truck and we'll drive around. It'll be full of balloons and we'll just drop off all the merchandise yeah we'll be siphoning gas from all the cars as we drive past them because <laughs> you know those things are expensive you try to fill up a you know a dodge a sprinter van or something that's expensive you can't just do that you know easily you don't have to tell ezzy ezzy drives the van he knows all about that yeah that's a minivan i'm talking about like a sprinter van you know one of those oh, you're uh, about the spin- uh, like gotcha. a delivery van you know yeah. as, as he rolls i was rolling in vegas in a minivan I, you know like i, I you like that like you like that mini, minivan like they're Drew, very like convenient they are very convenient Drew, let me just put, give you a little heads up you're never yeah. rolling when you're in a minivan <laughs> yeah just a little yeah. fyi that is a good yeah that is a good point my tongue was firmly in cheek when I said mm, didn't that. Didn't sound yeah. like it. No, I, I wasn't cruising the strip in my minivan with, you know, looking like a cool dude like, or anything. Don't worry. You need to chill soccer, dad. Yeah, <laughs> that would be uh, that would be apropos. In, in any event, a very good victory for the Winnipeg Jets tonight. <laughs> 2 nothing over the Nashville Predators. Uh, that's it for us. It's been a very busy day here. By the way, and- just as a quick aside before I drew, I'm not going to go into all the pro- Jets prospects who are currently in playoffs. I know that we don't have the time because yes. actually, we have the time. Let's do it. No, no I'm just kidding. No, but no. go to illegalcurve.com. Actually, Drew, oh. you can go. I, Ezzy and I were, were perfectly fine doing the show without you. But anyways, the point is go to illegalcurve.com. I got a whole prospects report. If people want to know what's going on with some of the Jets North American prospects playing in the NCAA, OHL, and the WHL. Hint, Brad Lambert is tearing it up. Yeah, he is. So, so is Dimitri Kuzman. Check that out, illegalcurve.com, in case you missed either. And Dominic DeVincentis, by the way, 37 save shutout Double last D. night. North Bay Battalions win uh, a critical game five, heading to game six, looking for a win. There you have it. Dave M is keeping everyone abreast about what's going on. Uh, in case you missed either of the shows tonight, they're available, of course, on our YouTube channel for the immediate replay, and the podcast will be available a little bit later on t- tonight as well. We thank you all for joining us uh, this morning, and again tonight, uh, we always appreciate the support. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us feedback here, there, and everywhere. Big thanks to all the sp- Sponsors who make the post game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility are friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Betway, The Keg, Grid Park, Rolly's Transfer, Seagram's, Boston Pizza, and Tough Duck. Support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey. We're back on Monday night, 8.45 with the post-game show after the Jets and the San Jose Sharks. We thank you all for joining us. Until then, whatever you're doing for Easter or for Passover or for whatever you're celebrating, we hope you do it safely. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this morning and again tonight. Until Monday night at 8.45, we wish you good night and good luck. 
And thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.